Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well today. It's a new week. We got we got some egregious all-star snubs to talk about. This is like, we've seen all, you know, there's always going to be all-star snubs. You know, not every good player is going to be able to make it every year, unfortunately, but this year just feels different. Yeah. And it's, it's great because I think one of the best parts of the all-star game and that whole general thing is, is talking is complaining about the people who didn't make it. It truly is. I'm not even uh, saying that completely facetiously but it is a it's a good time of the year so uh yeah Mm -hmm. we we can we can definitely get into it so uh yeah there's 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 some guys out there specifically pitching uh kevin gosman carlos rodan ariola and zach wheeler are all top six uh in pitcher f4 none of them made it which is insane yeah they're <laughs> like especially why they didn't make it um i mean well i i i forget when exactly this was decided on but mm-hmm. it is funny that like right after carlos rodon goes a complete game 12 strikeouts like, yeah. he walks against the padres to lower his fifth to 2.14 uh he doesn't make it in Dylan Cease is another potential snub. Uh, he has 13.1 strikeouts per nine. He has a 245 ERA. Uh, weird. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you why that is that he got snubbed, but he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely weird. There's um yeah, there's there's some there's some snubs for sure. Some of it can uh, be attributed to, you know, we all know the MLB rule of you know, every, every single team needs to be represented at the all-star game. That's, you know, a rule that's been in place for a while. Uh, so there are some teams where there's not any particular standouts. Um, but I mean, in a lot of the cases, it's not, that's not what's going on. Um, I think, you know, looking at, uh, starting with the American league pitchers, um, you have the full roster, of the full roster of starting pitchers for the American League is Shane McClanahan, Nestor Cortez, Alec Manoa, Framber Valdez, Martin Perez, Paul Blackburn, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and of course Shohei Otani. Um, and yeah, like someone like uh, Dylan Cease um, and Kevin Gosman, yeah, I think they should they should probably be in instead of. Uh, instead of Garrett Cole and, and uh, Framber Valdez. Um, and, you know, those, those two guys, there were other, other players being represented uh, on their team. And, uh, 
you know, there were there were other players represented on the team, so it didn't necessarily have to be in there, like say uh, Paul Blackburn or Martin Perez. So if we're going to compare Dylan Cease and Nestor Cortez here, obviously the Yankees didn't need a representative because they have, I think, more than any other team. Uh, Dylan Cease has thrown three and a third more innings. He has a lower ERA by 0.29 points. Uh, his strikeouts per nine is three and a half strikeouts better. Nestor Cortez does have him significantly in walk rate, but Dylan Cease has him in home run per nine by about 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.6. Uh it, the only thing where Cortez is better is walks, and that's just about it. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, I think part of it is these decisions were being talked about earlier, and also Nestor Cortez um, is coming off a bad start, so his his numbers are mm-hmm. worse. And I know that he's a, he's a cool story. You know, he was DFA'd. He had, like, a above 9 ERA in 2020. I get yeah. that, you know, there's a cool story that comes with it. And I don't know um, if but, anyone's seen it on social media, but but he's he's nasty. Yeah. Nasty Nestor. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen that. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a good story for sure. And, I mean, for, you know, the month of April into May, he was, like, the best pitcher in baseball for a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think that's changed. And, and yeah, like, yeah, Dylan Cease, Dylan Cease should have uh, gotten the nod instead of him. Um, and then or Kevin Gosman or Kevin Gosman, Kevin Gosman's had a very interesting season, uh, two, eight, six ERA, one, six, eight, FIP, uh, three, four, nine expected ERA. You never really see a difference like that, but I mean, no. just looking strikeout to walk rate or yeah, stri- you know, strikeout rate versus walk rate that's unbelievable and he's only given up 0.2 home runs per nine which i imagine in 88 innings that would be like what three or four home runs allowed um, yeah which is pretty crazy um yeah like uh yeah the 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 pitching side of things it's very interesting and then you go to the national league national league uh pitchers yeah clayton kershaw's in there uh, then you you also uh, of course you have to have Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Max Fried, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Musgrove uh, as the starting pitchers. Um, Clayton Kershaw, we can all agree, he's in there because it's at Dodger Stadium. He has been doing very well this season, but I think there are other pitchers that have been statistically better than him, especially given they have more innings pitched. Yes, uh, like if he had been pitching a full season up to this point, I think he's definitely all-star worthy. However, he mm-hmm. had an aisle stint that took him out for a few weeks and, and yeah, like, you know, I think that qualifies him a little bit less and, you know, a guy like Carlos Rodon should have been prioritized more. But if this, if this, uh, if this all-star game was taking place in Colorado, like last year, uh, Kershaw is probably not in that, um, on that yeah. roster. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know how you look at me and tell me that Carlos Rodon isn't an all-star. Uh, he leads, he leads national league pitchers in F war. Uh, he's a hundred innings pitched. It's, I mean, like he's pitched plenty. He just had that complete game shutout with 12 K's. I know that that probably wasn't considered, but he was all-star worthy before that, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 
we, we in yeah we we talked about him yeah i think we mentioned him a little bit last episode because of uh the giant skid we mentioned how he led the national league in fip and you know that's how that's how you're gonna lead the national league in f war which is you know what he's doing right now yeah uh, 100 innings pitched uh versus clayton kershaw has um has 63 and two-thirds innings pitched and Rodon has uh, a better FIP and the ERA isn't you know it's only a difference of 0.3 with 34 36 and a third more innings pitched um uh, Zach Wheeler too yeah Couldn't Zach tell you how, how is he not an all-star I, like he did have an IL stunt to start the season but 95 innings pitched despite missing his first like few starts that's like on par with a lot of others. Uh, two four six ERA, also a two four six FIP. I, I where where is he not an all star? I don't get it. Um, yeah, it it is uh, it's quite odd. Um, and yeah, the only the only uh, area the only player you can point to of uh, out of those National League starters where it's uh credited to the team they're on and the fact that there weren't any other all-star worthy players is Luis Castillo. There's a so that's the only guy. Um, I think also it's a possibility that um, since, since this season is very pitcher dominant, we're seeing more dominant pitchers being left off the roster because there have been just so many, dominant, so many dominant seasons from, pitchers and you know a weak offensive year in general Mm -hmm. um as the league ops i don't know it might be around 700 it it might have leaped over 700 a little bit but uh it's it's less than usual i mean we've Um, we've had some very uh very good pitcher season because i mean you know the only the only real complaints i have from those national league pitchers would be like yeah, like uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, who is really just being put in for because of the park it's being played in, and I mean Luis Castillo, it's just a matter of team. But like you know, Alcantara definitely deserves to be there. Corbin Burns, I know his FIP isn't the same as it was last year, but I mean he's having a great season. Max Fried is uh, near the top of that um, near the top of those F four leaderboards. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, obviously, uh, you know, he's 11 and 0, but also his FIP, I think, is around or under three. And he has a mid ones ERA and Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove, I know, is doing very well earlier in the season. And he's 13th in the MLB in F4 and has a 209 ERA and a 313 FIP. So I don't know. I'm not like, yeah, there are some snubs, but uh, I think it's just. Part of it is is like, yeah, there's a lot of dominant pitchers this year. Uh, this guy is a snub. Going back to position players, this guy's a snub not only because he didn't make it, but also because I haven't seen many people talking about him being a snub. But Freddie Freeman didn't make it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The NL first baseman. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt deserved to be there. Like, I'll, I'll accept that. Pete Alonso. Uh, and CJ Crone, who was, who was there because the Rockies needed a representative, are the other NL first baseman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like Pete Alonso's had the home runs 
and like i think also the ops and weighted runs created post but i think um freddie freeman has him in f4 by like a full yeah well i mean they're only separated in weighted runs created post by one point uh freeman has him in obp alonso has him in slugging but the difference in defense and base running is very much there yeah i mean yeah freeman's been Truman's been the better player than, than Alonzo. Mm-hmm. So a lot of first um, baseman snubs. Ty France in the American League. Um yeah. I know that like, well, I mean, Vlad Jr. got voted in and Ty France is better than him. Uh, but Luis Arias also got it in, and I, I will accept that Luis Arias has had a better season than Ty France. I don't think there's any looking around that. But Manny yeah. should have been there. Um also Josh Bell in the National League, he didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's got a OPS plus in the 150s or something like that. Uh, it is 143, yeah. Or yeah, I mean, it's still very good. Exactly. Still very good. Um, yeah, the yeah Freddie Freeman not being there, that's that sucks. Uh, because yeah, I, I think he's been a better player than Pete Alonso, but I mean. Uh, it's a good excuse for Pete Alonso to be at the stadium to be at the home run derby. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that for sure. Um, um, just going through more position players. I think the only real second base snub would be maybe Tommy Edmond. Um, I know that like he's, he has, a, he does have a 100 weighted runs created plus he's gone down pretty significantly, but I mean, he leads all second baseman in F4, not just national league, but the majors. Yeah, I would agree. Like, uh, I think. I don't I think, think that's just, the worst one, but it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I think guys who accumulate their wins above replacement defensively just get less credit. So yeah. that you know that's what ha- that's what happens. Exactly. Just looking at some more uh, shortstop. I don't think there's anything that's too egregious. Dansby Swanson made it. Xander Bogarts made it. Trey Turner, he did make it, right? Yeah, he started. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, Lindor didn't make it. I'm I don't think that's the end of the world. Corey Seager didn't make it, but he's also been on a run as of late. Yeah, I think shortstop is mostly fine. Third base, I think, is also mostly fine. Arnado made it, Ramirez made it, Machado made it, Devers made it. Austin Riley, you could probably argue was a snub. Yeah, 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 I, I would agree. Uh, he um, has a higher weighted runs created plus than Nolan Arnato by one point. Oh. <laughs> but at the same time, Arnato has him in defense by yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um Ian Happ, yeah. why is he there? Um yeah, I, he has a he has a 128 uh weighted runs created plus, which is very good. Um Actually, to be honest, it doesn't really look like there's anyone else above him. That's noteworthy. So his, oh, his, uh, his F war is 14th in the National League. Above him is, or sorry, in the majors. Above him is Aaron Judge, who made it. Jordan Alvarez, who made it. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Byron Buxton, Brandon Nimmo. Nimmo should have made it. Nimmo yeah. should have made it over, over him. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's a tough look because the yeah. Cubs didn't even need a representative. Um. Yeah, Starling have, Marte also. Yeah, the Cubs have uh, Contreras already in there. So, yeah. and also Hap. Um, yeah, you said 14th. 
among uh, outfielders in, in F4. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nimmo should have made it. He has more weighted runs created plus. He has more F4 by a good amount. Um, Schwarber's in the home run derby. That's sick. Home run derby field looks good right now, by the way. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, before the show started. Uh, Soto, Acuna, Pujols, Alonzo, and now Kyle Schwarber. Only, only National League. We got no AL players in this home run derby. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good field so far. I'd love to see that. Um, coming up soon. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, McNeil made it. Schwarber made it. Soto made it. So uh, those are... Um... Catchers, were they were there any catching snubs? Not really that I can think of off the top of my head. There just haven't been many good catchers this year in no. general, so it's hard to see. What them. were the other catchers in the National League? What were the reserves? Uh, Travis Darno. Yeah, I can live with that. He's yeah. been pretty good this year. Yeah, uh, outside of like one, like 50 plate appearances. Yeah, outside of Kirk and Contreras, who are the two starters, um, there haven't been any outstanding. Yeah, like Jose Trevino has been good. Yeah, yeah, the catchers they did it right, I think. Yep, yep. Either way, I'd say those are the big snubs. Um, yeah, yeah, that's um. Adley Rushman, yeah. by the way, already at one point one F four. Um. Oh yeah, nice. Good. For He's him. been outstanding. For um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, some some. Interesting snubs. Yeah, very much a, a lot out of the pitching side of things. Um, and I, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, who who's who selects the pitchers? Is it are is it the manager? I managers? think it's the manager, yeah. I mean, it's probably not just him, but he probably has help. But, yeah, I believe it is the Braves. So maybe. Which is funny because there was an article written about Brian Snitker last year that was like he doesn't do analytics. And it's like I can tell. <laughs> yeah like uh yeah because they, they do seem the selections do seem to be geared more towards era um which i get to a degree um but yeah poor aaron nola yeah yeah <laughs> what is he what do you want him to do yeah at any time by the way his babbit against play, is like not even like, bad yeah. so he must just have horrendous babbit numbers against with runners in scoring position uh yeah pretty like his bad up against is like 270 yeah and yeah that that was the thing with um corbin burns last year his bad was uh like average but with runners in scoring position it was above 400 so Um, that's what allowed so many runs to score yeah wow his bad up against with runners in scoring position is 392 yeah (laughs) that'll do it That's, that's insane um oh my god TOPS plus of 205 SOPS plus of 154 um did you see that play recently by the way uh where i think it was uh like the Phillies were playing i forget who they were playing but the team had met on the corners with one out and the batter hit like an easy ground ball to the second baseman he tossed it to Didi at shortstop and he caught it and just started running to the dugout like he had just gotten the third out but Wait. it was only the second out and the run scored. No way. Wait, yeah. Was that? It was like a couple. If you go to my Twitter, I quote tweeted and I was like, this can only happen to Aaron Nola. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's Hang on, I'll, I'll find it. But it was I saw it and I just I wanted to 
I was very sad for Noah because, like I said, it can only happen to him. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, that's been a running thing for at least a year. They're playing the Braves. Take a look. Come on, Aaron. Ground ball. There you go. There you go. Out towards second base. Oh, it's Flips to second for one. Didi only gets that one. Oh, no. I think... I don't think... I thought Didi was this three outs. Did Didi think there were three I outs? Thought he, they, he thought that was three outs because you oh saw him my. pound his ball. Yeah, that's... Uh, if if any go... other pitcher was on the mound, that would not have happened, and we all know it. Yeah, it doesn't even go against his Pabip. No. Because it's... Because it's a force out. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but it is an earned run, right? I mean, depending yes. on what happened beforehand. Yes, it's an earned run. So we got yeah. screwed out of that. Uh, Unless there was an error beforehand, but I, to be, I don't think there was. But yeah, that <laughs> Aaron Nola is not in the All Star game because his ERA is not low enough. Yeah, yeah. And then stuff pretty like much. that's happening. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, well, uh, I guess uh, you know someone who, someone who's been streaking as of late, who. Uh, got into the all-star game because of what he's been doing as of late uh, is Julio Rodriguez, who is on the Mariners who in general have been streaking as of late. They've won 16 out of 19. Um, and they, if the season ended today, they have a playoff spot after being 10 games below 500. Um, they've been absolutely surging uh, from, you know, all areas of their game have improved. They've been, uh, they've just been, very good, you know, 16 out of 19. That's all you really have to say. Um, what have you been seeing from uh, from Seattle? I mean, they've just kind of been finding a way. Like, that's when the Mariners are going, they just find ways to do it. Uh, you know, you look at that. I think of that game last year against the Astros where they were down like 7-3. to three. Dylan Moore hit the grand slam. I think of uh, the iconic Abraham Toro grand slam off of Kendall Graveman. And yep. that's what you saw a lot of out of the Blue Jays series this weekend, a four game sweep. Uh, of course, Blue Jays fans, when they're good, they will travel. You know, they will go to home games. Their crowds will be loud. But there's also a lot of Blue Jays representation when they go to Seattle because it's it's very close to Canada. You know, there's yeah. Blue Jays fans on the western side of that country that will travel to Seattle. And the crowd was, you know, I, it was definitely more Mariners, but the Blue Jays presence was noticed. And a four-game sweep. Uh, they were trailing in at least two of the games, maybe even like three or four uh, that I can think of. But they, uh, I'm looking at the games just going in reverse order here. On Sunday, the Mariners won five to, or six to five, uh, and they got their runs. They scored two runs in the eighth inning, so they were down five-four going into the eighth. Uh, Carlos Santana, who played a big role in this series, hit a two-run homer. Uh, that was game. Mariners won that one. On Saturday, they won two to one. They scored two runs in the seventh inning when they were down one nothing, uh, and it was also on a Carlos Santana home run. So that's two come from behind victories. Uh, on Friday, walk off three run home run in the eleventh by Eugenio Suarez, and on Thursday, uh, that was just an eight three win where they were up uh, six to one. So. That was really the only game where they weren't playing, like either comeback or walk off. Uh, yeah. Um, the WPA was staggering that series for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, showing signs of what they showed last year, except earlier on in the season, which is very good for them. Um, You know, now they have, they're not as much coming from behind in the standings as they were last year. You know, they have a, they have a playoff spot secured um, right now. Um, They're tied with the Blue Jays, right? uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah. yeah, Tied with the Blue Jays right behind the Red Sox for like the first wild card spot. Yeah. um, They've, uh, they've really, yeah, they've really turned their season around. It looked kind of bleak about a month ago. And, uh, and yeah, they've definitely, um, definitely got back to what they should be and um, going to where they've, where they've been good. Yeah. They've been, you know, as you've said, they've been finding a way they've been good every way. They have a 119 weighted runs created plus as a team in their last 19 games. They also have a two, four, six team ERA. Um, and they've been especially good out of the bullpen. Their bullpen ERA in the last 19 games is 1.23, and their bullpen FIP is 2.66. Uh, individually, uh, out of that bullpen, you have Andres, Mun- Mun- Andres Munoz. Those one of three. Who has a nine, who in, in the Mariners' last 19 games has nine and two thirds scoreless innings pitch. He's faced 33 batters in, these, in the Mariners' last 19 games. 33 batters. He struck out 19 of them. It's been unbelievable. Mm. Uh, he's uh, out of out of his mind lately. Then uh, also out of the bullpen, you have Paul Seawald. Uh, in the Mariners' last 19 games, he's gone eight eight and two-thirds in his pitch, allowed one run. He's struck out 14, and he's walked no one. Uh, so he's been, uh, he's been great. Then also on the offensive side with the Mariners, uh, we mentioned Julio Rodriguez uh, a couple episodes ago. In these last 19 games, he's hitting 306 with a 1043 OPS and a 194 weighted runs created plus. Uh, Jesse Winker, who might be serving a suspension right now, is uh, yeah, he's serving a suspension. But in this span, uh, he's hitting 311 with a 948 OPS and a 177 weighted run, weighted runs created plus. So he's uh, he's turning. What's there? His- uh... What's the record since the brawl? Um, Let me check that. Good. It was June 26th. Yeah, I think they had a four-game win streak heading into that brawl, though, to give them prior credit. Sure. But they've been doing very well since the brawl, too. Um, so he's ter- he's turning his season around a little bit. And then you mentioned Carlos Santana. Uh, they He's been a very good trade acquisition for them. In the Mariners' last 19 games, he – is hitting 282 with a 943 OPS and a 171 weighted runs created plus. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, lots of lots of guys just turning their season around, and I think a lot of it has to do with that bullpen. The bullpen is pitching like they were towards the end of the season last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's I think that's what the Mariners needed. Absolutely. Since the brawl, they are 11 and two tied for the best record in the league with the Houston Astros. So unfortunately they've made up zero ground in their division, which is very unfortunate, but yeah, um, that is, that is a thing. Yep. That's, uh, that's how it, that's how it be. Yeah. Oh yeah. 11 and two since the brawl That's pretty wild. Um, not, not including the brawl, which I believe they did win that day. So I guess 12 and two technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen and three. Yeah, best record in baseball since 
June since uh, or after June nineteenth. What was the record beforehand? The record beforehand was twenty nine and thirty nine. Wow, they were yeah ten games under five hundred. Yeah, they uh, really turned it around, and um, yeah, pitching pitching's had a lot to do with that. All uh, one guy I forgot to mention, Robbie Ray. Um, mm-hmm. He's truly turned it around in the span. He has a 108 ERA in uh, I forget how many innings pitch. I think it's like 26. And uh, I had the span pulled up uh, in 25 and two thirds innings pitched. And his success actually goes back further in his last six starts. He has a 0.91 ERA in 39 and two thirds innings pitched. Um, so he's pitching also a 2.5 fit. So he's pitching like the Cy Young that he was mm-hmm. last year, um, which helps out the Mariners a lot. Helps them out a lot. Um, the guy they paid for. Yes, for sure. Um, so pretty confident on the Mariners right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I did have him winning the AL West. That doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point, but here's the thing. Mariners, they're not looking for the division. I mean, they, they would take it, but you know what they want. It's just to simply make the playoffs, to get the monkey off their back. They have the longest playoff drought in professional sports, 2001. They, like, you know, Mitch Hanniger wrote that uh, article in the Players' Tribune over the winter that ended by saying, we're going to end this effing drought. Unfortunately, he's not been on the field to take part in it, but – they're on track to do it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm very confident on the Mariners right now. Um, also, I think I think it's good for them that, um, you know, like Kelnick hasn't worked out yet, but it's good to see that at least Julio Rodriguez is playing like an absolute star. Yeah, I would say um, not only is he is he working out and just contributing, but he's been as advertised. Yeah, he's making up for kelnick not working out, out so far in 100%. how amazing he's been because he's on pace for probably like six wins above replacement which is absolutely insane for a rookie like you know if he keeps going this way he's gonna get mvp votes at this uh, point at the offseason we might be talking about him as like a top 15 20 player in baseball yeah yeah i mean i it, it wouldn't be super impulsive to say with the skill set he's shown us yes um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's reason to believe. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, that does it for Mariners talk. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into our players to highlight, um, for good and bad reasons. We'll start out with our, with our Tuesday July 12, 2022 edition of How about that? Who do you have for us today? Today I am going with uh, I think I'm crossing another team off the list. I mean, let me just uh real quick. I was double checking last night. Um I, I always this is in fact a new team. Okay. I'm talking about a checking a new team off the list, talking about a guy who's on a new team this year, Daniel Vogelbach of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, since June 26th, he is slashing 349, 482, 698, 1179 for a 225 weighted runs created plus. 
Uh, his OBP, slugging, and weighted runs created plus all rank top five among the 180 qualifiers over this span. Before June 26th, he had a strikeout rate of 25.4, and in this span, he has cut it to 18.5%. That's gone down almost 7%. That's been pretty good. And also before this span, 15.5% of his batted balls had a launch angle above 45 degrees, and he had a sweet spot percentage of 30.2%. In this span, he has 6.1% of batted balls with a launch angle of at least 45 degrees. That is uh, more than cut in half. And his sweet spot percentage has gone up to 51.5%, the seventh highest among the 240 hitters with at least 25 batted balls over that span. So that's gone up by uh, 21.3%, nearly doubled. And overall this season, he has a career high in barrel rate, expected slugging, WOBA slash expected WOBA, and OPS. We've been seeing a career year out of Daniel Vogelbach, which is good for the Pirates because, you know, he doesn't have a ton of service time on him yet. So you have control over him. But also, you know, there is kind of reason to believe that this might be the peak if you want to maybe trade him for something. And it's funny because we talk about hitters like Daniel Vogelbach in the sense of, well, if they can do this and hit 240, they're going to be elite players. Daniel Vogelbach's batting average on the season right now, after the span, has been up to 238. So hmm. he's a he's a you know he's a guy with a lot of power. He walks a lot. Uh, he's been making more contact and better contact over this span. Yeah, for sure. Daniel Vogelbach. Knocking the Pirates off the list. Um, yeah, like, uh, and also him on the trade market, it's a much different story than if he were on the trade market last year because now every team has the DH. So mm-hmm. um, he's a, in that sense, he's a more valuable asset because he has a place on every single team in case the Pirates would want to uh, dish him out, which I would understand. Um, all right, my player to watch. Uh, unfortunately it doesn't or yeah my or, uh, uh, yeah my player to highlight <laughs> my how about that um <laughs> yeah my how about that doesn't um, unfortunately doesn't knock a team off the That's list fine. in fact um going back to uh a well that we've dug into twice now it's a it's another brave but i i just want to you know there's that there was a baseball savant article written about him but I wanted to talk about just how dominant he's been. Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer Strider, he's a rookie for the Atlanta Braves. I don't know if he was was he a top one hundred was he a top one hundred prospect? Maybe he might have been. But he Let wasn't. Me, I like, can check. He wasn't like top ten, top twenty. Not really someone that it, it, it wasn't like breaking news that he was going to be making his debut. Started out as a reliever this season. He's you know been a starter as of late. And man, he's been absolutely dominant. He's been crazy. Um, in his last three starts, he has pitched 18 innings. In those 18 innings, he's allowed one run, eight hits, three walks, and he's struck out 30 batters for an ERA of 0.5 and a FIP of 0.44. In this span, he leads the MLB in strikeouts, ERA, FIP, and F4. Also, out of the 107 pitchers with 200 plus, 200 plus pitches thrown in this span, he leads in ex-WOBA against. So his expected stats are right there. Uh, 
he has had more whiffs against him than anyone in this span. And also out of the 107 pitchers with 200 plus pitches thrown, no one has thrown more four seam fastballs than him. And no one has thrown more four seam fastballs at 98 plus miles per hour. Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, Spencer Strider has been unbelievable. Uh, I should shout out uh, David Adler, who's an MLB.com writer. He had a, uh, an article that was on baseball savants front page earlier talking about how he has an old school style fastball, you know, powering guys, his forcing fastball usage is uh, around 70% because of just how good it is. And uh, it's working out for him along with this slider. It plays off really well. And uh, it's led to him having a 0.50 ERA and a 0.44 FIP in a three start span with Mm -hmm. 15 strikeouts per nine. So Spencer Strider. So he was never a top 100 prospect, but he was also drafted in the fourth round of the 2020 draft. So, you know, I guess to start, he was never going to be there. Uh, he threw exactly one inning in AAA in his career, and he had three strikeouts. Yeah. No, never like, four batters right, faced, one on hit. Up. Yeah. The Braves <laughs> tend to do that. Like Michael Harris, the second skip AAA, Spencer Strider threw one inning, and they're both contributing to the team very well right now. Two of them have been, how about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Braves rookies um, <laughs> that basically didn't do AAA that have been how about that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, you know, they're part of the reason why the Braves are. They've really emerged. They're twenty nine and nine in their last thirty eight games, um, mm-hmm. and part of that has been you know Strider and Harris just emerging out of nowhere. Um, all right. Uh, now we go from the uh, highs to the lows with players or subjects that have been underperforming for our Tuesday, July 12, 2022 edition of Slightly Alarming. Who do you have for us today? Um, I'm looking at one of the big shortstops from the free agent class last year that just has not been working out. It's Javier Baez mm-hmm. of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, since May 4th, right after he came off the IL, or well, two games after he came off the IL, Uh, Since then, he has a slash line of 194, 231, 346 for a 577 OPS and a 59 weighted runs created plus. That is tied for the fifth worst among the 161 qualifiers. He is also tied for the seventh worst uh, walk to strikeout ratio among hitters in that span, which I guess that's to be expected. Um, But really, this is a this is a story of Javier Baez against breaking balls. Uh, He has been thrown an equal amount of breaking balls and fastballs this season, which almost never happens like if you look at the uh you know the the pitch percent breaking balls and fastballs of the exact same 471 of both hmm. and it's easy to see why hitters or pitchers have thrown him so many breaking balls um among the 420 hitters with at least 250 total pitches seen this year Baez's 43.7 percent rate of breaking balls is the very highest uh again that's 420 hitters with at least 250 total pitches seen. And among the 69 hitters that have seen at least 400 breaking balls this year, his 34.1% strikeout rate is the ninth highest. The 100, his 156 batting average is the third lowest and his 289 slugging is the 10th lowest. And specifically going into breaking balls, he's actually been all right off of curveballs, but he is miserable against sliders. 
His negative 16 run value against sliders is the absolute lowest that any batter has against any pitch this year. Nobody else has a run value below negative 12. Baez is at negative 16 against sliders. Among the nine, among the 93 pitches that any hitter has seen at least 100 of, as far as plate appearances ending on them, Baez against sliders is dead last in batting average with a 111, slugging with a 194, Woba with a 158, whiff percentage with a 48.9%, put away percentage with a 31.3%, expected batting average with a 158, expected slugging with a 250, and expected Woba with a 171 or 181. He ranks second to last in strikeout rate with a 36.4% and a hard hit rate with a 22.1%. That is the entire dashboard. Uh, of pitched arsenal stats on Savan. He is either dead last or second to last, and he's mostly dead last. Yikes. Uh, Javier Baez. Slightly alarming. It's easy to see why pitchers are throwing him so many breaking balls. And in retrospect, why did it take this long for that to happen? Like, AL Central pitchers have clearly picked up on it more than anyone in the NL Central ever did in six years of him there. Yeah, that's very interesting. It makes me curious, like, if this is a problem that started this year or it's always been there. Because, um, I don't know, I feel like hitters in general do worse off breaking balls, but obviously not to this degree as he's dead last and in, against sliders and all these cat- <clears throat> all these categories. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, looking at... Um, I mean, yeah, last year, last year he slugged 494 off sliders. So mm-hmm. this is developed. That this is much year. better. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess it's, yeah, it's more of a this year problem. So yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, very good stats there. Uh, my slightly alarming is, uh, it's a it's a Mets pitcher um it's Carlos Carrasco didn't know how how to really introduce him um yeah (laughs) it's Carlos Carrasco who uh you know in his last six starts he has a 6.83 ERA and a 5.66 FIP in 29.0 innings pitched also in the span out of 72 qualifiers his ERA is third worst and his FIP is fourth worst. And uh, a lot of that has to do with the home runs he's been giving up. His strikeout to walk numbers are actually still very, very good, but uh, he's allowed a lot of home runs. He has 2.4 home runs per nine, which is second highest out of the 72 qualifiers in the six start span Um, out of 82 pitchers with 80 plus batted balls against in the span. uh, Carrasco's expected slugging is second highest and his expected Woba against is third highest. His average exit velocity has also gone from 87.4 miles per hour to 90.1 miles per hour in the span. And uh, his barrel rate, which is going to, you know, an increase in barrel rate is going to increase uh, your home, your, you know, home run allowance. His barrel rate has gone from 6.0% to 12.6%. Um, so more than doubled over the span. So uh so, uh, yeah, Carlos Carrasco is looking slightly alarming. So, uh, Daniel had to, uh, leave the show. He has, uh, has some things going on 
as we all do. So I will be doing the matchups. Uh, so for both, so I will be doing series to watch and um, and pitching matchups to watch. Always, you know, always a little curveball when I get to do the pitching matchups. Series to watch, um, you know, a lot of these started last, uh, you know, last night. So you have Red Sox versus Rays that started last night. The Rays uh, won 10 to 5. That's at Tropicana Field. And that is going to be a four game series that ends on Thursday. What should be noted is the Red Sox have been very bad against the American League East this year so far. Um, I saw a stat on Nesson last night that they were 11 and 21 against the rest of the AL East. Um, not, not very good for the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, they're going to be facing them. The, I also saw that the Red Sox have the uh, highest strength of schedule against upcoming. So starts with the Rays here. Um, well, actually, it started with the Yankees. But, uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this starts with the Rays here. The, they lost 10 to 5 last night. And the other series to watch, the main series to watch, is Braves Mets uh, fighting for the top of the NL East. Um, very, very important matchup there. Uh, the Mets current, well, the it started out, the series started out with the Mets a game and a half up on Atlanta last night. Uh, Max Scherzer dominated and the Mets won four to one. Um, and that series is going to be. Uh, three games, um, very important to watch. And I mean, if you miss this series, if you miss this series, they have four more series after this. They're going to be facing a, each other a lot. It's going to be a very fun, uh, very fun, just general matchup to watch over the course of the over the course of the rest of the season. Um, very interesting and uh, very competitive. I imagine it will be. Um, and it'll, it probably will end up making or breaking uh, who wins that National League East. Um, and then in terms of the pitching matchups, I uh, am considering that. Um, tonight you have the return of Chris Sale, Chris Sale's first start of the season. Um, that will be taking place against Corey Kluber. So um, battle of the 2017 Cy Young, I can tell you that. Um, 2017 AL Cy Young. And along with that, uh, in that Braves-Mets series that I previously mentioned, um, a very quality matchup between uh, two young guns, um, two guys who get a lot of strikeouts as well, in Spencer Strider, who I highlighted, and David Peterson, who's been having a, a decent year, has a 3-4-8 ERA this year. Um, that will be a, a solid matchup. Then on Wednesday night, uh, you have a uh, you have a, a quality matchup on the West Coast in Anaheim. The matchup of the night there is Shohei Otani versus Christian Javier. Javier is coming off a rough start, but previous to that, he had uh, two straight starts in which he had thirteen plus strikeouts, and uh, one of them he you know no hit the no hit the Yankees for seven innings. So. And just in general, he's he's been having a great year. 
and Shohei Otani um, has uh, he's been pitching better than he was last year as well. Then on Thursday night or Thursday Thursday in general, um, the matchup of that day uh, definitely has to be Nestor Cortez versus Luis Castillo. Um, ERA wise, very similar overall in the season. Cortez is a 274 ERA, Castillo is a 292 ERA, but uh, trending in different directions. Cortez has been struggling a little bit as of late versus Castillo, has, who has really been surging and really been cementing himself as possibly the, the best trade. The, the best trade option for any team at any position out there, you could argue. So, uh, you know, th- that'll be a good matchup at Yankee stadium, Luis Castillo, who knows, possibly a future Yankee. Um, so, uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be fun. Uh, that'll be Thursday night. Uh, that's the matchup of the night. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta, follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. Also important, uh, if you're listening on an Apple podcast or Spotify, check out the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Um, especially important because uh, we've been releasing some YouTube shorts trying to boost our ourselves in the algorithm. Um, we've gotten some uh, we've gotten some views on those YouTube shorts, just some brief analytical dives on some players, some clips from the podcast as well. Um, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and, and watch some of those shorts. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think it's some quality work, some very digestible stuff because they can, uh, they, uh, they have to be one minute or less. It's, uh, it's the, it's the trend. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on Friday, where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.